Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chamber of Secret Books podcast. And I'm your host, Cameron. <laughs> we get started on today's episode i thought i'd hit you with um what's been happening with my life because it's crazy yesterday evening i was walking innocently to dinner with my sister and my mother and all of a sudden i look down the one-way street everything's fine there's no cars coming and it's a one-way may i emphasize again So I'm walking, and all of a sudden I hear a screech and a yelp. And I realize that I screeched, I yelped, because I was hit by a bike. (laughs) I was literally trampled by a city bike. Can you believe, like, I know that that, like, obviously in this city this happens a lot. But I'm sorry, I never thought I would be part of the statistic of people that who that were hit by a bike. And the other day, it was so crazy because I was just talking about it. I said, can you imagine what it's like to be hit by a bike? Because um, someone, when I was eating at a restaurant outside, was hit by a bike. And I was like, that's crazy. They were just hit by moving, you know levitating bikes in the street like no you watch where you're going lo and behold i am now part of that and let me tell you it hurt like a bitch i will say i'm pretty like it's i didn't even fall down all the way i just got a few bumps and scrapes but those two bitches on the bike they were laughing when they hit me and I'm like, what, did I fall wrong? Did I fall funny? They're these stupid high school girls. And they were on the bike together, which, first of all, nay, wrong, illegal, silly, stupid, morons. But I get they were laughing because they were nervous. But man, at least do that after. I mean, 
jeez, it makes a girl already feel self-conscious, you know? It was embarrassing. <laughs> and, like, it shouldn't be embarrassing for me, but it was. Anyways, that's my news of the day. <laughs> um, I just... I had to tell someone, so I figured why not tell you all? Because I feel like you would get me. Anyways, today's episode is going to be about my most reread books of all time. I'm not one to reread books. Um, I will save quotes that I enjoy and that I like, and I'll always look back to them. But to reread a whole book over again, I find it sort of pointless. Um you know, my mother says the same thing about rewatching movies. And now I sort of get what she's saying because I rewatch movies all the time. But a book just feels like much more of a commitment. Um, you know, you can fast forward, I feel like, easier on a movie than you can a book. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's not even true. That being said, so for me to reread a book, it's got to be one of my faves. Um, it's got to hit home for a lot of the book. And there are three that I have done continuously, so I thought, you know what, I'd share it with you. The first one, we're gonna, okay, so we've got my all-time favorite book to reread, which I'm gonna say last, because I'm gonna keep you on the edge of your toes. But to start off, we're gonna go with kind of a long one. It's kind of a, a bit hefty to get through, I feel, like the first maybe 50, 60 pages. But it's Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. I just, okay, to say that I'm Lee Bardugo's biggest fan, I feel as though it would be an understatement. I am obsessed with this woman's brain. I believe might be the smartest human being ever to be born. <laughs> Is that too much? She, let me just remind you of her, um, her roster, her accolades, okay? Yeah, she wrote that little series called Shadow and Bone. Remember that? Became a Netflix show. No big deal. Um, it just creates a whole entire fantastical world based off of, like, 19th century Russia. Which, what the hell? Who thinks of 19th century Russia and then builds, like, a magical world from it? That makes sense. And it's perfect. Oh, I love her. That's book one. I mean, what? Okay, yeah, that's book one that she has made that you might have heard of. Second book that she's made, oh, I don't know, just a little series known as Six of Crows. Guys, if you could see the foam coming out of my mouth, I'm going rabid. <laughs> that, like, she's turning me into a wild beast. That's how much I love this woman. And I just think she's so cool. She's so cool in my interviews. She's so, like, effortless. Like, oh, yeah, no big deal. I just wrote these crazy fantasy books yeah just in pastime you know i just that's what i do um so freaking good six of crows you can't beat it you simply can't beat it and if you haven't read six of crows yet what the hell are you doing found family trope that will make you sob your little beady eyes out oh she's so good um and once again that's another fantasy um they're both ya by the way uh, so that's why the book I'm talking about, Ninth House, was such an unexpected treat from her because this was her first adult fantasy. Still, it's not, it's not 
um graphic any in any ways i think they just like curse um a lot and they're you know some sexual suggestions but nothing nothing crazy i think i've become desensitized to it after reading so many tessa bailey books um like i have i know everything you know i've read everything under the sun and actually i think that would be a funny episode of ranking all of tessa bailey's books because i went on a mission to to download them all on my kindle and um boy oh boy that was that was a long that was a long day (laughs) um but anyways back to lee bardugo ninth house is a dark academia fantasy set in yale university um but not just Yale, whatever. It's the underground societies, secret societies of Yale. Does that not make you go bonkers? Like that description alone is enough to cause me to, what does it cause me to do? I don't know. I feel like screaming. I feel like screaming and eating the microphone. I feel like chomping down on the microphone. That's what she makes me want to do. Um, and she makes me want to be freaking magical. And the fact that I can't like, it, it just it's upsetting because I already been through this with Harry Potter you know I wrote myself my own letter of acceptance I mailed it to myself and I newsflash I didn't I didn't end up becoming a wizard and then I discovered mermaids and I was drinking salt water with my <laughs> with my school lunch every day because I thought and then I would be like, you guys don't put salt in your water. That's so crazy. I wonder why I crave that so much. Hoping that one person would say, do you think that maybe you could be a mermaid? Newsflash, not one person was thinking that. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, so this book was a big treat because um, I got to relive my love for for fantasy and for secret societies in an adult setting without feeling bad. And not to mention that Alex Stern, who is the main protagonist of this book, is by far one of the most well-rounded, beautifully created characters I think I've ever read. I freaking love Alex Stern. She reminds me a lot of Elizabeth Sanders from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. They're both just very strong female characters. They've got a dark past that they don't let affect them. It just makes them a little, you know, hard on the outside, tough to crack. Um, But they're like, she is so caring and considerate of everyone. And because she's being asked to do so much, no one's seeing that, you know? Everyone's thinking that she's selfish and um, full of herself and that she doesn't care about anything. But it couldn't be further from the truth. So to know what she's feeling and then also see how people react to her, it's just, it really hits home. It's so good. So... I'm going to read the description per use. I didn't crack a LaCroix in this episode. Let me, I'll just take a sip for you, okay? I don't think anyone heard that. I tried to make you hear the bubbles, but that felt weird to do. So let's read the description. Alex or Galaxy Stern is the most unlikely member of Yale's freshman class. Raised in the Los Angeles hinterlands by a hippie mom, she dropped out of school at an early age and into a world of shady drug dealer boyfriends, dead-end jobs, and much, much worse. I'm telling you, Alex Stern has had a really tough upbringing. By age 20, in fact, she's the sole survivor of horrific, unsolved multiple homicide. 
and some might say that she's thrown her life away. But her hospital bed, she's offered a second chance to attend one of the world's most prestigious elite universities on a full-time scholarship. And what's the catch? Why her? Well, guess what? It's not just Yale that she's been let into. No, 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 no. She finds out the mysterious benefactors that are monitoring the activities of Yale's secret societies are the people who funded her her scholarship to Yale. These eight windowless tombs of Yale are well known to be haunts of the future rich and powerful, from high-ranking politicos to Wall Street and Hollywood's biggest players. But their occult activities are revealed to be more sinister and more extraordinary than any paranoid imagination might conceive. It is so good. Like, even reading this, I'm getting hives. I love it so much. Like, I get, oh, like, how do I even describe? Because it's so, it's a fantasy, obviously. But it's so realistic. I feel like this could be happening. Lee Bardugo has said in an interview that there are underground secret societies of Yale. That's real. So I'm like, who's to say that they're not doing this occult blood, scary, spooky magic behind the scenes? And not to mention this description didn't even bring up the fact that there's someone else in this book. There's Alex Stern. We love her. I'm obsessed with her. She's also covered in tattoos, which I love when women have tattoos in books because I just... (laughs) Um, I feel seen. Not that I'm, like, covered, but, you know. But, so you have her, she's the dark, she's the angsty girl, but then you have Darlington. Oh my gosh, let me back away from the mic so I don't blow out your ears from my love for Darlington! Sorry. Darlington is... Not my normal type, I'll tell you that, especially in fiction. You know, I go for the bad and brooding. I go for um, the, uh, like, oh, fuck you, you ugly whore. Uh, you know, I, I, I love a, a toxic fictional man. I'm just kidding about that, by the way. Like, I've never read a book where a man has said that. And I was like, yeah, like, ooh, give me him. But usually, you know, I go for the bad boy. But Darlington is is sort of he's unexpected. He's different. He's the smartest man alive and he's responsible for teaching Alex the the ropes at ninth um yeah at, at Yale and these secret societies. He's in charge. Their uh sort of hierarchy system in this underground world is you've got Dante and Virgil and Virgil is sort of the how do you call it? The, the, like Virgil's the mentor. That's what they call the mentor. And each year, like a new Virgil gets appointed, things like that. And then the Dante is the one who's learning from the Virgil. And so he's, he's a Virgil. He's the one teaching Alex the ropes. And, um, you know, he cares a lot about prestige. Is that a word? Oh my God. He just, he cares a lot about his image. He cares a lot about academia Um, He cares a lot about Yale, you know, um, and wants to see it succeed. And, you know, he's very anal about about school. Oh, my God. About school. um, Doesn't really have time for for relationships. You know, he's very regimented. And 
uh, he's like inspiring. So then you have someone like Alex who comes in covered in tattoos from California with a hippie mom. And he's told, listen, she is going to be your Virgil. She's going to be your Dante. Sorry. Um, and it sort of throws him for a loop. And he's a little angry. He's a little resistant. Um, but he, but then he gets to know her. Yeah, he does. And together they have to solve the mysteries of the occult. And anytime I hear the word occult, I just go zany. I go freaking zany. I love Ninth House. Love, love, love it. And I will say, you know, first 50, 60 pages are world building. And you got to get through it. You got it. Um, because actually, I got Ninth House so long ago and then I read the first 50 pages and I was like, guys, like, I'm not loving this. So I put it down and then I picked it up a year later because I saw so many people talking about it. And I was like, OK, like, I'm going to trust y'all. And so, everyone was so right. Like literally after page like 51, it's just you're instantly set into the world. It's so good. <sighs> I'm going to read you a quote. There were always excuses for why girls died. Ooh, like that just makes me shiver. It makes me shiver in the middle of summer. I love it. Um, he needed her and she needed him. That was how most disasters began. Um, oh my God. Are you not losing your mind right now? I'm losing it. I'm actually, you're witnessing a girl losing her mind right now. I freaking love it. And not to mention that the sequel of Ninth House, Hellbent, not only is it the most beautiful cover ever to exist, but it is a phenomenal sequel. Dare I say better than Ninth House? OMG. 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 You get more of Darlington and her relationship because first book, she is really having a difficulty a difficult time opening up, but book two, oh my god, I love it. You have to, you have to read it. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you haven't, feel free to pause right now and go read it and then come back. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Someone just called me, um, and it was my mother, and she butt-dialed me. But, yeah, that's, that's ninth house. 
and I probably read that I think I've read that twice. It's a it's a pretty big book. But for me to read a fantasy twice feels crazy. Um like a contemporary literary fiction book, I I see myself reading more, but a fantasy is sort of out of character for me, and I think that just shows how good it is. Like I really can't recommend it enough. So that's book 1. Book 2 of my most reread books, it's got to be The Idiot by Alif I'm, I might say her name wrong. Alif Batuman? Batuman? Um, Batuman. I don't know if that's right. Dude, I'm looking at the ratings on Goodreads. Sorry, I called you all dude. That is so silly. I'm sorry. Um, and like, it only got 3.6. Why does that make me so angry? Um, but this is why you have to read books yourself. You know, you, you might not like these books that I'm picking out. They're not only are they very different from each other, but they're different genres, different writing styles, um, and it's not for everyone. I can see why The Idiot maybe wouldn't be for everyone, but for someone, for my self-conscious girls in their, in their 20s who are feeling a little lost in both a romantic setting and a, you know, career setting and just life in general, you know, you don't know who you are. Um, I really recommend The Idiot. This is a book that I had seen at every bookstore, um, like on the shelf for a long time. The cover is striking. You probably know it. It's a, a baby pink cover and it has just a rock on it. And I always saw it and it was always in the back of my mind, but then I don't know what made me, oh, you know what? I think Phoebe Bridgers said that this was one of her favorite books and Phoebe Bridgers is, dare I say, my favorite singer of all time and lyricist, besides my sister. Shout out, Julia Wolf. Um, and the minute she said that, I was like, yep, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test this out. So this book is more of a, a stream of consciousness, um, writing style. There's a lot of words. It's very wordy, but once again, this book takes place at a college. I think in the last episode, I said that I love books that take place at colleges that the author has actually been to. And this is another one. It takes place at Harvard University and, uh, the author has very much went to Harvard and this book is actually, I believe, inspired by the journal entries that she wrote when she was at school, and then she came back and found them and started, you know, putting together this manuscript. So I love that. And it takes place in the year 1995, you know, email was just invented, and she instantly takes you back to, to, the, to the 90s, I feel. Like, she does a great job of, of putting you in that setting and what it and because email is vital in this book um because that's really besides like a phone call the only form of communication she and mr wright have um yeah so email exchange um the act of writing seems to take on a new and increasingly mysterious meaning um between her and this guy and I'm going to read you some quotes. Did I even tell you what it's about? I don't, because like, what is it about? You know what I mean? It's about your first crush, your first big crush, I think. Um, it's about identity, finding yourself, trying to figure out who you are in relation to your friends, your peers, 
your like academic rivals your family oh it's just so good and if you ever have like questioned anything like that about yourself i just really really think this book would resonate with you so basically so Celine um, is the daughter of Turkish immigrants and she arrives her freshman year at Harvard and basically in one of her like Russian lit classes she meets someone named Ivan an older mathematician student from Hungary 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 anyways uh, Celine may have barely spoken to Ivan but with each email they exchange um, the two they get closer they're revealing themselves in ways that they probably couldn't ever do in person. But Ivan's a little bitch because he, I do feel, deserves to be called that. I'm not going to spoil anything. I hate spoilers, but whatever. But at the end of the school year, Ivan goes to Budapest for the summer and Celine heads to the Hungarian countryside to teach English in a program run by one of Ivan's friends. And, um, you know, it's just obviously they meet up. Obviously... She's dealing with that. She's grappling with this. What is their relationship? She's like, question mark, question mark. What is going on? I don't understand. Um, And you just feel her frustration. But you also feel her love. And you just want to pat her on the back and tell her it's going to be okay. You know. Everything's just, it's going to work out. And now I figured I'd read you some quotes from from this book. Um, There's so many. She's so funny. And so smart. And it really shows through. Quote one. I was surprised when she asked if I had a boyfriend. I thought it was clear that I wasn't someone who had boyfriends. (laughs) Me. Like that is me when I read that. Like that is me. Another quote that is just me. At the same time, the fact that she was just 17 and had a man at all meant that youth was no excuse for me. For how I was incapable of making anyone drive my car or of telling the Beatles things they want to know. uh, You'll get it once you read it. Or of evoking in them or anyone else the feeling they described. The feeling that Ivan must have felt for his girlfriend eight days a week. It just, it, it kills me. And this is probably my favorite quote. It can be really exasperating to look back at your past. What's the matter with you? I want to ask her, my younger self shaking her shoulder. If I did that, she would probably cry. Maybe I would cry too. Maybe I'm crying. Maybe, maybe I'm crying. I need to take a sip. I just, that is my best book recommendation for anyone who is feeling lost right now. I can't recommend it enough. I can't even say anything funny because, because my brain is in a fog of, of self-reflection and misery. Okay, <laughs> moving on. My last and final book that I reread the most. So once again, I think I, by the way, I think I read The Idiot twice. Um, and that's like a lot for me. I don't know. Like I, like I said, I just, I really don't ever feel the need to reread books except for these. So reread that twice. The last and final book, the one I read I've read four times, which is crazy. I am annoyed because I've mentioned this book before. And I always am trying to give you new book recommendations on the pod. But sometimes the truth is repetitive. So I got to repeat myself. It's Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney. I can't. I can't. Just like The Idiot by Elif Batuman, um, Conversations with Friends it it's about being lost in your 20s it's about not knowing who you are and i just really i think i'm at a time in my life where 
I need these books. Like, I need to know that I'm not alone. I need to know how other people are dealing with it, what they're doing. Um, And it's just nice to maybe, you know, read about someone else's pain for a second and to realize, you know what? Other people are going through this too, you know? Even if they're fictional, you can get through it. There's, There's an ending. Just like the book has an ending, so will your pain. Bro, write that down um bar um so conversation with friends i feel like do i even need to explain it to you the synopsis um we've got francis we've got bobby they're best friends they were lovers in school now they're just friends platonic friends who perform spoken word poetry together in dublin at trinity college now i believe if i'm not mistaken almost every book that i have recommended has been set in a college which unintentional on my behalf but it's showing me something about myself that i didn't realize anyways someone named melissa who is a i think she's a journalist or something she comes in she's like hey 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 your spoken word poetry it's so good why don't you come to my big fancy house and meet my big fancy husband she does francis meets nick hey what's up Ooh, attraction tension sizzle um affair now don't get it twisted i'm not saying that i want to have an affair you know that's not why i like this book but there are circumstances about their relationship that i think warrant an affair both sides both parties have been hurt um and honestly you know the show tried to the show um the tv adaptation of of conversation with friends they tried to spin it to be more about polyamory so more like that it was consensual between all parties involved but in the book i feel like there's it's clearly an affair um but it's dependent on how you look at it i think um i'd I'd be curious to, to know what you all think um but once again it's about I don't know, like, I just love sad girl fiction, you know? I love it. I think it inspires my own writing. Um, And I just, there's so many quotes from conversations with friends that I, that are just permanently stuck in my head. And that does not happen often. Like, for just, like, like songs are stuck in my head. These quotes are just always at the forefront of my mind. I've had too much to drink and i know it's sad but this is what i think about and i wake up in the middle of the night and i can feel time moving okay i found it um here are some of my favorite quotes from conversations with friends i was aware of the fact that he could pretend to be anyone he wanted to be and i wondered if he also lacked a real personality the same way i did damn like i i relate to that i relate to that um like not knowing what your real personality is like even right now as we speak that is a constant worry for me i don't know who i actually am and that's the first time i had read ever that someone else was kind of feeling like that and it really struck me and then in in the more flirty quotes that I like that I underlined Nick says oh I'm definitely a bad guy Nick said that's not why I'm laughing jeez is it hot is it hot in here but he's hot in like a sad way do you know what I mean he 
he's not your stereotypical like male love interest who's like strong and bad and brooding like he's dealing with a lot of mental health issues as well and not saying that that excuse is an affair because he's he he's not perfect no one's perfect in her books and I think sometimes a lot of time mm, mm, what do I want to say I think sometimes the main protagonists of books they're overwhelmingly good people because obviously they're who you're following if you don't like them why would you follow them on this journey unless that's like intentional but Francis and Nick they're they're messed up they're kind of not that good of people but they're real you know and that's why you stick around it's because yeah maybe they're not the best people but you can find the humanity in them another quote I love from Francis where she says I'm gonna become so smart that no one will understand me that if you get it you just get it how do I even describe what that even means Like, I'm going to be so smart that no one's going to understand me. Like, she's using academia as a way to isolate herself. Oh, I just, I just love it. And I don't know why, like, I can't even describe why I love it because I don't really know. Um, I just, I relate to, I guess, her isolation. I don't know. And this is my, the last quote that I, I highlighted that I'll I'll share it with you. And this is just what I love. Like, this is what I feel like love is. You know, I don't know. Um, This is the quote. He was always looking at you to check if you were laughing at his jokes. Like, that is so relatable. That is so relatable when you have a crush or anything. Like, checking to see if they're laughing. Like, not caring if anyone else is laughing, but just, like, secretly looking to see if, if, if they're smiling. It's just what, it's such a minute detail, I think, of crushing on someone that I had forgotten about until I read it. So, man, oh, man, I love those books. I love all of these books equally. I'm probably going to do a part two because there are a few more that, while doing this, I was thinking about, um... But this book is, these books are glorious and God sent in my humble opinion. So that's it. I'd love to know what books that you all reread. Um, books that you've reread, I think, are just very representative of, of who you are and, and things that you believe in and your goals. And I'm curious. I want to see, see what you all enjoy enough to reread. So let me know. As always, this has been so much fun. I love you all so much. And you can find me on Instagram at the Chamber of Secret Books or on TikTok at Chamber of Secret Books. And I hope you all have a lovely, spectacular, delicious, word-filled day. And keep on reading, keep on loving, and peace out and rock on. Nope, sorry. Peace out and read on. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Love you.